Ladies and gentlemen, this picture contains scenes which under no circumstance should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. Hey, welcome back to Caustic Content, the Optimism Vaccine Podcast Network show where Adam Myros and myself learn to hate movies and each other. That's right. On this show, what we do is each week, Myros and I are looking for the worst of the worst available on everyday streaming services, particularly Amazon, because we found that, you know, most of the trash gets uploaded there. So what we try to do is we basically just try to torture each other. We try to find the worst movie humanly possible, and we go head-to-head each week to see what the worst of the worst is. Myros, how are you today? Uh, it's, it's been a rough one. It's been a rough one. This, yeah. this slate was not empowering. No, this... <laughs> You know, sometimes you get some laughs out of these, or maybe you know they're they're bad in an interesting way. These are just these are two of the most boring movies I have ever experienced in my entire life. It was a snooze. Hopefully, we can uh, avoid translating that to the audience. Here. <laughs> yeah, holy shit, we're gonna have to really work hard. You have to put a lot of energy into it. You're gonna have to use your shock jock voice, especially with my film. I don't even know how we'll manage to squeeze uh, five minutes out. <laughs> Lord in heaven. Yeah, I, I don't know what exactly we're going to say about that one. <laughs> I've been thinking about it ever since I watched it, and I was just like, I think Myros's movie might be better than mine, but at the same time, I don't know if I can talk about it for more than 30 seconds. So what does that say, really, at, at the end of things? Uh, I, I don't even know, man. But well, I, I, I'm pretty a, sure... <laughs> we could take a now, page from the director himself and just... Uh, repeat the same uh, five minutes of material over and over again until we uh, fill up our runtime. We could, we could, <laughs> you know. And, and since we're talking about it now, I'm not sure where we started off last week, but I guess we might as well just jump right into it and talk about your movie. <laughs> really exciting, Chris Myros- Alexander's Blood Dynasty. Yes, that's that's correct. Blood Dynasty. No relation to the television show Blind Dynasty, unfortunately. Um, it's, as you can imagine by the name, it's it's a vampire movie, I guess. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. I, I guess. I mean, there's vampires. It, it's... I... It qualifies as a movie, maybe? <laughs> hey, you know, it's, it's one of those art house vampire movies, man. Haven't you seen Only Lovers Left Alive? Come on. The hunger, <laughs> yeah, the hunger. There you go. It's 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 all the same. Uh, this is, oh boy. Okay. So first, let me say that compared to a lot of the other things that we have watched for this particular podcast, this movie has a few things going for it. I might disagree with you. It has one right. thing going for it, but I'll let I'll let you uh, <laughs> okay, make a case so I, for a few others. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lay a few things out. One, there's there's shots that are composed. Maybe not well all the time, but they're composed. They're shots. There's probably a shot list, which was repeated a hundred times. Um, so there's that. Um, in addition to, you know, actual framing of, of actresses and actors, there's pretty decent special effects. 
some okay blood, some some okay gore. There's these uh, effects that he uses when the vampire ladies are, are feeding on their prey, and it kind of goes to this like oil slide projector style psychedelic look thing, and it doesn't look bad. So that's something. And then the big one here, the one that I, I cannot avoid, is the soundtrack's kind of a banger. It's a pretty good soundtrack. Uh, Would you agree? No, that that last one I'd agree with. The soundtrack is uh, it's pretty ace. So there you go. So, an actual movie with things that aren't the worst. <laughs> Just yeah. really bad most of the time, but they aren't the worst. But the soundtrack is legitimately, like, nice. Which is good because really this film is, I guess, an extended music video. Uh, (laughs) I guess, but that that would imply that it's like these are album cuts or something. It's clearly like a score to a movie, but I don't know. I guess they wrote the score before the movie because there isn't a movie here. No, there's really not. And and people, people have told us in the past for this show, they're like, Oh, you guys need to explain the movies a little bit more, and you know you can't just talk about it abstractly. And you know, I, I always want to avoid just you know regurgitating plot points and stuff because I don't see a lot of value in that. But I'm going to go ahead and just give you the whole plot. <laughs> this will be a, a long conversation. It's it's going to be really long. Here you go. You ready? Here's the whole movie. It's like 90 minutes long. So. There's a vampire lady. She comes out of a lake. She goes to a hotel. She finds another lady and makes her a vampire. And then they suck the blood out of various men and women who are, like, not vampires or not killed. They're just kind of around, and then they're not around. And then that happens, like, five times. And then there's a little boy, and the movie ends. P.S. There's no dialogue. <laughs> well, I guess the the lady goes back into the lake before the boy shows up. That's true. Uh, vampire woman, Irina, uh, the only credited actress on this film, uh, Shauna oh Henry, um, is, yeah, she just, she returns to the lake from whence she came. Uh, and then a little boy with a violin shows up and doodles on his violin and then... Uh, yeah, there's there's it's, two words of dialogue in the film. Oh yeah, yeah. What's the, what's the other one? The, the, the film in its open when the the young woman discovers the vampire or is drawn to the vampire, uh, she approaches the lake and says, uh, "Arena," which is the vampire's name. Uh, and then we have seventy minutes of silence, and then the little boy says, "Mother," at the end. Oh. When did she have time to fuck? I don't know what that could possibly... That's some fucking artsy-fartsy bullshit, which... that That's this movie in a nutshell, I guess. It's... Wasn't she... She was under the lake! I don't understand how she could have conceived a child in that period of time. And I even... Okay, so here's another fun fact. This movie is the third in a trilogy. See, maybe the child was uh, explained in the previous two films where... Oh. Miss it out. Maybe those ones had a plot. I, I or dialogue, maybe. <laughs> I, I you, guess they're identical to this. 
So I thought about that, and then I was just like, oh, maybe at the end of the second movie, she bangs, and then she goes in the lake, and then she's pregnant, and then she has a kid or whatever, has a, a lake baby, what have you. But I found out the second movie takes place in like the, the Wild West or some shit, like <laughs> Pioneer Days vampire. So that doesn't make any sense. I'm sure Where the hell did this kid come from? I I don't know. I, can vampires conceive children to begin with? I, uh, I, I have no idea. I'm not sure about the logistics of that. Well, this isn't... Uh, I would think not, considering this seems to be more of a, a traditional gothic sort of vampire. Uh, but, uh, again, I, I feel like... We're being too easy on this movie. Like for, for every <laughs> we little, are every little thing it does right, it does so much wrong. Where it's you could say that there was some thought that went into the composition of the frames, and yet for whatever reason, I found this one of the most visually repellent movies we've watched. Just something about it, it, it strikes the retina wrong. It's. It's got, like, infinite depth of field in every shot, and it looks super shitty and digital and awful, and uh, I don't really know why. Again, it is, like, thoughtfully composed, but something is wrong. <laughs> yeah, there's... It's it's hard to explain, too, because, I don't know, part of me was thinking, like, oh, maybe if you would have shot this on film instead of digital, it would have looked better, but that's, like, a really stupid cop-out. I think, you know, even when when he frames the shots right, everything just looks kind of blown out and flat, and it, it just it doesn't it doesn't feel right. It almost it almost looks like too clean, if that makes any sense. Like, you know, some of these films are shot on digital and they just look like dirty, unlit buttholes. But this just seems like. This guy went to film school and he got the best grade in his community college uh, film production class in like, you know, whatever, Wyoming State Tech or something, wherever the fuck he went. Well, he's Canadian, so. Uh, so, yeah, probably uh, in like. Ontario State Tech. No, this isn't even Ontario. This is like some fucking no, Calgary, Calgary shit. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, God. I, I figured it out from the, well, the repeated. Loca- well, obviously, this movie should just be called Repeated Locations. Uh, but there's a, a strange sort of pier that uh, the main woman keeps returning to throughout the film. It uh, has a very unique sort of structure on it. I'm sure it was picked because it's it's visually interesting. But they, again, I, they couldn't pull that off. But I there was a sign that established what the pier was called, and I looked it up, and it's... Uh, it's in eastern Ontario. It doesn't look to be a very populated spot either. I, that was the other weird thing, too, is like she invades this seaside town, but there's literally no one. It's it's just it's completely empty, except for like the one or two people who happen to wander by. You know, it, it's unfortunate for her as a vampire, because you really think if she was in a more touristy location, you get her around Toronto or something or you know, uh, one of those towns, and she's she's got a whole feast in front of her. Here, she's like, I like, what, two women and some guy, maybe? Yeah, yeah, some sort some of... Some, like, leathery Iggy, <laughs> Iggy Pop, like... <laughs> I was going to say Neil Young, but yeah, Iggy Pop works. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of odd. Yeah, eh, again, I just... Something about this movie 
rub me the wrong way visually, which it can't do if you're going to do this thing that's an elliptical tone poem. Uh, it, it is it relies 100% on its visuals, and its visuals oh, yeah. just... I don't know. They're, they're just... They feel so wrong to me. They just don't work. Uh, again, I'm, it's got to be an issue of equipment or understanding of the equipment. Like, there's shots with... Uh, in, in like a grass field with a highway in the background. And it's like, you know, you want this sort of bouquet. You want that to be... I don't want to see that fucking highway. <laughs> it could be there, but... Yeah. You use your depth of field. You you use that to obscure the fact that there's a highway there, unless it's for some reason a focus of the shot, which in this case, it certainly is fucking not. And it, it's just like that sort of thing. There's never any adjustment of depth of field. You can always see everything in this crisp detail, but it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and And the white balance stuff is a huge issue, too. It is very blown out. In fact, a lot of that psychedelia is is clearly just kind of attained that way, where he'll just like intentionally blow out the scene to like invisible levels, where everything is just like blown out white, and you can kind of vaguely see shapes moving, and uh, you'll see like blood and lips and stuff of that nature, and it it, it does kind of work, but there's like a segment in the film where that effect just loops for like 10 minutes and you're just staring at this blinding white screen, like searing your eyeballs. And it's like, good God, man. (laughs) I can't even begin. So again, this feels like the sort of thing where if, if you lived in, I don't know, Butte, Montana and you went to the Butte spooky fest, which was a, 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 horror film fest and this guy brought this thing except it was a 15 minute short then i'd probably say you know pat on the back buddy i just i I struggle to see how this is a full-length movie or why this is a full-length feature film it it's mind-boggling to me is there is there any justification for the runtime because it really when i when i say that it's it's the two women, and then they they just they rope in a couple more people, and they repeat the same thing of get them in the hotel room, bite them on the neck, sexy psychedelic blood stuff, the end. Like that's it. It just happens over and over and over until it's done, and that's it. Right, and we've talked about repetition in I can think of like Shikotic especially was a, a very repetitious film that had some of the same issues, but this is literal repetition. Like, there are probably, and again, this movie is 70 minutes long. It's not 90. It just feels interminable because it just... There are probably, in the film, 15 to 20 establishing shots of the motel, and they're the same shot. The exact same establishing shot over and over and over again. And there's another thing where uh, the younger woman continuously like wakes up on her back alone in the hotel room, and that yeah. shot probably recurs with the same like weird guitar strum like uh, music beat a- again fifteen to twenty times. It's just at-, at some point it'll fade to black. It'll fade into that, and you're like, Jesus, fuck! 
it, it's mad. For what reason? <laughs> for what reason? There's there's no logic behind it. No, it's again. This is a guy who's seen like too many Jean Roland films, and it's like, oh, I can do that. And, no, you fucking can't. <laughs> no, you can't. Don't don't do it. I don't care how many <laughs> horror films you've seen. And, and this guy, he has quite the resume. I might add. Quite the strange recipe. <laughs> yeah, so a, a few things about this guy that I really love, because it's, it's hard to talk about the, the movie too much, because there's not a lot to it. But, uh, he, he's you know, as with many of these directors, he's a pretty interesting guy. A few things that I've learned about him. One, he seems to be primarily a musician. That seems to be his bread and butter. So, if you're listening right now, Chris Alexander, hi, Steve Cuff here, OptimismVaccine.com. Just want to tell you, stick with the music, buddy. Just just go with that. Make that your thing. Please, for the love of God. Yeah, you're doing pretty good at it. Uh, this Again, this is this is a good soundtrack. It evokes like that sort of tangerine dream, like sort of ethereal electronica that you'll see in a lot of uh, 80s films. It, it's a good score. It, it no complaints there. Make an album. Maybe I'll buy your album, but fuck, stop making movies. <laughs> I'll buy two copies of your album if you stop making movies. That's a promise. But this guy, he, he's he got a website, which is chris-alexander.ca, if you're interested. And it's it's your pretty bog-standard WordPress uh, like template or whatever. And it's laid out okay. But my God, just like his movie, you look at it and on the surface you're like, oh, that's fine. And then you look and then you're like, no, it's it's really not because all these pictures that he has uploaded here, they're all like low-res tiny photos that are just blown up into just gigantic distorted messes and it looks like complete ass. Yeah, and he commissions really good art for his films. Uh mm-hmm. Like, the box art for all of his major films that I've seen listed, which I, all these uh, Blood for Arena trilogy and also Female Werewolf, they have very, like, retro-evocative posters. But, it, again, there's just something missing with this gentleman because yeah. he, he has this good art and he, he uploads – these images are probably, like – We'll say 800 by 800 pixels on a screen, and the images themselves are probably must be like 200 by 200 pixels because they just they look like death. <laughs> it looks it looks really bad. It's it's like when uh, there's this like local mom and pop restaurant uh, down the street from me, and they they got this big banner, and it's got like pictures of their food and shit on it. And the pictures they took, they looked like they were taken on like a Motorola Razor and then just blown up on this huge <laughs> ass, like 20 foot long banner. It is appalling. <laughs> and that's what his website looks like, which, uh, like you said, it really speaks to him as an, as an artist. And, you know, you just you look at his stuff, you're like, that's not so bad. And then you look a little closer, you're like, oh, it's bad. I was also curious because this is a guy who he's gotten some decent press for his movies. Uh, he's been in uh, on Dread Central, on Bloody Disgusting, things like that. So I'm like, man, he's really well connected. And we discovered that there's a reason why he's so well connected. And that's because he served as editor-in-chief of fucking Fangoria magazine from 2009 to 2015. So 
One, shout out to this dude because he basically uh, put the final nail in the coffin of Fangoria. Uh, but wow, did not see that one coming. Uh, yeah, I was surprised to learn that myself. And I, again, I feel like uh, I don't want to be that hard on Chris Alexander. I mean, he's a great guy to sit down and have a beer with. But yeah, fucking yeah. hell, I can't stand this movie. It made me furious. Uh, I was yeah. like tolerant of it, even though it, it bothered my eyeballs from frame one, but I was tolerant of it for about 20 minutes. And then I'm like, well, I've clearly lost this week. This movie's like, it's not good, but it's, yeah, there's things that I, I'm like, Oh, this, the score is probably enough. That's going to cost me a victory. But then it just kept going and going and going. And I got so fucking angry that I'm like, uh, you know, <laughs> you got a shot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know that it, the other, our other film may be quite this uh, rage filled. This movie, it got to be after a while. It's just, it's relentless. <laughs> yeah. This movie, that's a good way to, to put it. it it's, it's quite relentless. I think the film that I chose is just a dull, thudding pain of, of boredom and annoyance. Whereas this is like, yeah, it just kind of ramps up your anger because you're like, oh, God damn it, come on. You're just going to keep doing this again and again and again. <laughs> and here we are. My God. Also, this guy, what? how is he so well-connected and so inept? You know, he's buddies with Charles Band, too, of Full Moon Productions. Yeah, that's the side of the highest quality. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a side of, like, uh, some level of quality. <laughs> a level of quality higher than what we're seeing here. This is true. I almost wish he got... Uh, not that Charles Band spends money on things, but I feel like... Ginger Dead Man 3 probably had a higher budget than this. You'd think maybe they could just shuffle those priorities a little. I'd like to see what this guy maybe could have done with some money. <laughs> uh, again, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's the issue with with why this film looks the way it does or if it's if it's just more of a an understanding uh, of the equipment. But, uh, you know, you could see Soderbergh release an iPhone movie to theaters and it looks just fine. <laughs> So. Yeah, it really makes me appreciate Unsane a little bit more. <laughs> but hey, we got we got more stuff on the way from our buddy here. Uh, old Chris is releasing his latest uh, female werewolf. That's coming out on Blu-ray, so uh, I guess I'll be looking for that. That's actually it, an older movie. It just must be like getting a re-release or something. Oh, uh, okay. That's too bad. His newest movie is actually called Space Vampire. <laughs> Oh, good. Is it another Irwina movie or whatever? God, I hope not. There's no click-through link. It's the same thing, but she's just in front of like a a green screen spaceship. That's what the world means. (laughs) My Uh, God, this movie is fucking molasses. It's the slowest thing I've ever seen. Like, it felt like I would rather sit through like a nine-hour-long Bellatar movie with like my eyes just fucking glued open and... It would feel much shorter than this film. It just it doesn't stop. It it doesn't stop. It goes and it's it's what is it? It's seventy minutes. I called it ninety minutes earlier. It feels like it's six hours long at least. It's just oh, ugh. 
I hated this. Thank you for this. Uh, I also hated this. Uh, a few other interesting notes about this gentleman. He uh, he did uh, box Uwe Boll. <laughs> did he? Did he win? I don't think anyone won. Did they? Didn't Uwe Boll no. just like, beat the shit Uwe... out of skinny nerds? <laughs> yeah, Uwe Boll's kind of a, a jock, so that's too bad. At least at least Uwe Boll beat up Devin Faraci, so we got that to hang our hats on. That's, That's true. Something. And he also, yeah, he he launched a uh, magazine called Delirium that focused exclusively on full moon features. Yeah. Um, so there's the Charles Band connection, and he also uh, this film was released uh, via a film label uh, called Castle Films that he started with. Uh, one of my favorite auteurs, David DeCato. Oh, tell us a little bit more about him. Uh, he is uh, he's a very erotic filmmaker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's got a passion for young shirtless hunks. Uh, <laughs> much much like everyone here at Optimism Vaccine. Yeah, he's he's got this series of films called Thirteen Thirteen that are. Unconnected, except they all start with thirteen, thirteen colon something or other, and they all feature shirtless hunks yeah. uh, in various horror situations. But he is great. Uh, he'll show up probably in this series somewhere down the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll get to him at some point. Uh, he's he's a quality filmmaker. Although I don't know, I think some of his stuff is a little too high quality for us. He's He's like a Kubrick compared to most of these guys. I, you know, it's, he's been around for a long time. Like he directed Creepazoids in the eighties, and he's so yeah. Some of his stuff is a higher caliber, but he still fucking continues on. I got to imagine, like the newest uh, uh, twenty eighteen David Decatur film has got to be real rough. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. How old is he at this point? He's got to be like in his sixties, right? Uh, he. He is sixty six years old. All right, but he's still he's still dedicated to the hunks. I respect that. Uh, he loves those young hunks. Well, shit. Ugh. Well, it looks unfortunately it appears the last of the thirteen thirteen films, UFO Invasion, was a solid six years ago. So he's moved on past that uh, to a slate of movies in post production, including My Mother's Stalker. Uh, the Wrong Friend, and Honeymoon in Paradise. None of wow. those may sound like they feature shirtless hunks, but rest assured, they do. <laughs> That's one thing you can always count on. The hunk counter is through the roof. Well, holy shit, Myros. Thank you for sharing this with me. Um, it was uh, like watching paint dry while eating plain oatmeal. I had a great time. Struggled, man. I struggled. I watched it at like one o'clock on a fucking Saturday after slamming like six cups of coffee, and I was just like, "Whoa, starting to doze here." So, <laughs> yeah, great I, work. I watched these back to back, and I started to get a, a bad tension headache, which I'm not prone to, but this was enough. Uh, like eye strain had kicked in. Well, if you uh, scowl for like several <laughs> hours, that's <laughs> it's gonna happen. I, I, and I went and I slammed some Excedrin. It didn't help. I, I was just. This did man. It was over. Yeah. Lord. All right, man. Well, you brought a artsy fartsy vampire film to the table this week, but 
in my never-ending quest to just make you want to die, I am, I've been trying to find movies that specifically I know will upset you. And the one that I chose is a mockumentary slash documentary slash who knows uh, horror film thing. And I know that it, it thinks it's funny on some level. If there's one way I know to upset Adam Myros, it's to make him watch something that thinks it's funny when it's actually the worst shit ever. I had seen this movie in the Amazon queue, and it, it's one of these that doesn't have a trailer. And its its Amazon description is, is nebulous. Uh, it's... Just a single sentence here. The footage from Ed and Meredith's sexy vampire flick may have been destroyed, but their embarrassing video diaries survived. And I don't know. The cover doesn't look appalling to me, so it didn't stick out to me. I was like, ah, you know, this would be a real gamble. Like, this this could be a, an okay movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's... I mean, it's not the worst thing we've ever watched, but holy shit, does it look awful and go nowhere. That's pretty much it. It it makes sense that the description is so short because this movie, it's the plot could not be more threadbare. And there's there's a lot of opportunity here. You know, if you want to do a silly little movie about trying to make a horror movie and failing, which I have a feeling this director knows a lot about... (laughs) then you can do that, and it'll be, probably be okay. But somehow, uh, he finds a way to make this the worst shit imaginable. So, great see, job, buddy. I, I should have known better if, had I just looked at who the film was starring. Uh, the, the first name on the cast list is Mitsu Bitchy. So that, ah. that should have given me a clue as to what we were in for here. But, and uh, she, doesn't, she doesn't do porn either, right? That's just like a name that she thought was fun. I... It's hilarious. Uh, I would assume she doesn't do porn unless they would have gone in a different direction for this film because they sure dance around that shit at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, did we even give the name of this? Uh, no. Well, and that's kind of hard to do because... There are two, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this film is called, on Amazon, where you can find it streaming right now, it's called Fangs for Nothing, which is a very... Clumsy little pun. It's terrible. And then it also was, and and that, and it's given the release date of two thousand eight. But then under the name Fake Blood, same film, it's got a release date of twenty ten. So I don't know if they, <laughs> if this is a different cut. Is this the director's cut, or did they just give it a new name and try and re-release it? I'm not sure what the idea here is but uh, there's I, the, the the poster on IMDb does at the top say limited run special edition so oh so maybe it's got a little extra stuff in there that's interesting it's loaded with bonus features well i'm waiting for the deluxe briefcase edition of this film where we get all the cuts you know you get the director's cut the theatrical cut the international cut the final cut that's that's what we need. Uh, it also has a pull quote that says, Improv performances worthy of Saturday Night Live from PrettyScary.net. 
Ah, prettyscary.net. And and which person who acted in this film is that owned by? Well, I, maybe the whole cast, you know. They, they this is a gonzo rific website perhaps. I don't maybe maybe you could make that like what what era are we talking here of SNL? You know? I mean There have been some rough patches. There's been some rough patches. It's got some, so, it's got some Jimmy Fallon level improv. Yeah, that's it's just Jimmy Fallon laughing and and Chris Kattan, you know, before he went off and made Corky Romano. <laughs> yeah, I I don't. I oh boy, there's there's no jokes in this, right? Like I'm I'm not I'm not kidding when I say there's there's no jokes. There's a couple of like sight gag type of things. No, and, like, I, contextual I don't, jokes. I don't really see how you call this a comedy. I. It's not like it had bad jokes. It just doesn't have jokes. It doesn't have jokes. There's no jokes. Like there's there's only one thing that I can think of actually. I can think I of just one like, kind of appalling like stab at humor, which was at the very conclusion of the film. Which oh uh, yeah yeah that. Well, I guess I guess the appearance of cousin Bob the pornographer is is yes sort of a scene out of a, a comedy. That's that's how I shoot for. Well, before we get to cousin Bob the pornographer, though, can you can you run down exactly like what this movie is or what it's trying to be, like what the the general plot is? Uh, yeah. Again, we're in the weeds this week because this movie also does not have much of a plot. Nope, nothing the, going on. <laughs> the plot is a, a man and his. He seems to live with his sister and his wife, or maybe the sister just lives ancillary. But is always underfoot continuously, uh, always wearing a blood-soaked like Michael Myers coveralls for some reason. I I don't really know why. And she is uh, the sister is very interested in the brother making a film. I don't know why she isn't interested in making a film. She just wants her brother to make a film about. No. Uh, Lesbian vampires. It needs to. Yeah, have- this, this really seems like her passion project and not his. Right. Yeah. And one would assume from all the dialogue. I mean, not to not to label folks, but she she would seem. I'm like, okay, his sister's a lesbian. Uh, very interested in in blood soaked tits, and uh, that's fine and well. But she's not later in the film. She's very uncomfortable with nudity and sexuality and she wouldn't want to kiss another woman and it's just a very strange turn but anyhow they decide having recently inherited some some amount of money that they are not going to uh apply towards their their child's uh, college fund but instead toward this passion project um so this movie kind of follows their journey uh along making this film, uh, through the casting process, and, uh, yeah, they have a cast member, uh, overdose, which is a strange choice again. Many strange choices here, but... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hilarious, they overdose. Yeah. Off camera. Well, and it has, like, that lead in the beginning of, like, and someone died in making this film, so it, it's... I'm like, okay, are they gonna go some sort of, like, found footage route, uh... And hang that out there to the end, but I, I guess they kind of tried to do that anyway. But it was obvious that the person who died was the person who overdosed, uh, 
which kind of robbed tension from the end. But I, I really like the character who overdoses too because they spend like a good fifteen minutes building her up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which rules because they introduce her and he's just like, yeah, and she's this local musician and she's great and she's done music videos before, so I think she can do a horror movie. And they're like, yeah, she's perfect. And then they meet her, and her music is stupid, and she's got, like, the charisma of, like, a fucking worm that's been drying out in the sun and is being consumed by ants. Um, And then they cut away, and then we never see her again because she overdosed off screen. So, there you go. Yeah. So, the main thrust is that they have cast a uh, soap opera star as the lead in this movie. And she becomes problematic to the production. A difficult person to work with. That well, is, as you know, Myros, bitches be crazy. That That is, this is another bitches be crazy movie. Uh, also filmed in Atlanta, much like She Kotick, our, our previous uh, bitches be crazy entry. Uh, that is, is, is wait 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 is Atlanta the bitches be crazy capital of the world? It may be. They have a tax credit exclusively for bitches be crazy films. Aha, uh-huh. that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I I don't know why that thrust is like very slow to develop. It's it's almost like if that's the plot of your movie, there should be more lead up to it. She seems perfectly fine until like the last. 20 minutes of the movie where it's just like, oh, well, now she's unreasonable. Uh, so when your tagline is, she's the monster and this movie is her victim, we, you could do a better job of uh, getting that across because, again... No, she seemed perfectly she's, fine she's until... Fine. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and this is another one where it's hard for me to really just kind of wrap my head around the concept of time because it's so fucking horrible and boring that... I don't know how th- how long things actually lasted, but it seemed like for most of the movie, she's perfectly serviceable. And then she's, I, I guess, you know, a little combative about what they're asking her to do. And then the big moment where she turns or whatever is when they have a complete stranger show up who directs porn- pornographic films and... Then they have him grab the camera and get in her face and go, yeah, rub your titties. Right. And she, they had previously established as much as this movie, again, in the last section is like, oh, your contract says you'd be willing to do all of this stuff. But it's very clearly established in an earlier scene that, that he had, the director had stated he would be the only male on set and blah, blah, blah. And then they just pull this curveball. Of course, I I think most people would be unreasonable if a pornographer showed up and started uh, demanding certain things of, of an actress. It's it's kind of a an odd way to paint your your director as uh, an artistic victim in all of this. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking I'm I'm going to my cousin's wedding in a couple of weeks, and I was thinking about calling up the videographer, telling her to stay home, and then just bringing in like a gigantic uh, fat disgusting pornography director and uh, having him shoot the whole thing and see how they react. How, how do you think that go over? Uh, well, I'd give it a shot. Why not? Yeah, why not, right? I, I at, at the very least, it'd be a sexy video. And well, that's what you're looking for with your wedding video, right? That's what you want. What would you rather do? Watch someone's wedding video or watch Fangs for nothing? 
And wh- uh, follows. I'm going to have to say it depends who edited the wedding video because mm. I think the your average wedding video is going to run about 45 minutes. Sure, so sure. I'm going to go with that probably. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that seems a little, probably a little higher production value too. Yeah, I, if you're paying a videographer, I should hope they're using better equipment than whatever the fuck this was filmed on. I'm not sure what this was filmed on because I think it was filmed on a Motorola Razor flip phone. And I, I I can make a strong case for that. Uh, my my suspicion was like a DV. I I was thinking DV cam. Hmm. Well, what what I don't get is like they they keep talking about like when when they hire the the uh, cinematographer or whatever in the film, and she's got these cameras, and I'm like, man, maybe you guys should shoot on those. And then in the back of my head, I'm like, maybe they are shooting on those, no, and it just not. looks like shit. They're yeah, not. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know what they're shooting this on, and it looks like complete ass. And the only thing that actually made me laugh in this movie was there's this one scene where the the cinematographer's like, "Oh, I gotta get the lights set up right." And instead of having like actual stage lights, they're like, you know, when you're driving down the freeway at like 4 a.m. and they're doing construction work and they have those giant fluorescent lights. It's just that in someone's fucking kitchen. Yep. I was like, what the fuck? This is... Where do you even get that? It's more expensive to rent that shit than it is to get, like, a cheap photo light. Like, why? Why, why is this a thing? Yeah, I was... I was... Uh, I got a laugh out of the whole format discussion because, again, I... Uh, this movie is shot on something worse than what they're talking about. But nonetheless, their big coup in this movie is we've got this high eight camera and we're going to shoot it on high eight. So it looks like fucking a real movie. It's like, no, that is not what real movies are shot on. And that does, no. that is not a format that looks fucking acceptable. That's like what um, dog may 95 movies. Are shot I was going to say, have they, you seen uh, the celebration? Yeah, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that movie is literally shot on high eight and it looks like a fucking trash pile. <laughs> yeah. In the yeah. hands of uh, a masterful director, it looks like a trash pile. <laughs> yep, it does. It does. Well, I mean, and, and don't don't forget about the collected works of uh, Harmony Corinne, or at least like his his later movies. Are, are you not going to go to bat for the aesthetic of the trash humpers? Uh, I've unfortunately have not had the pleasure of trash humpers, but uh, who knows? <laughs> oh, I might have to add that one on the list then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've been known to enjoy some Harmony Korean. It might bite you. Um, oh, God. Some I will not vouch for, mind you. But, um, yeah, this movie sucks. Uh, it's kind of offensive, and it's plotting. Again, the, the whole bitches be crazy turn, and the big, like, comedic set piece at the end with... Uh, the actress, I don't even know what the fuck this means. Like, it wasn't set up at all. It didn't make any sense to me when I was watching it. But something involving Bukaki, and then, like, what, do you have a firmer grasp on what occurred here? Because I don't have any idea. They, like, go to visit her agent, who has fired her as a client, because she got jizz on her face or something. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like they they specifically complained to her agent that she won't do nudity, 
And then her agent's like, oh, yeah, she's a total prude because one time she was on set and she wouldn't do nudity and then someone blasted her in the face with jizz and she got upset. <laughs> like, like, oh. Yeah, that's how unreasonable. And that sounds like a lawsuit. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> and she, like, came into the, the, the agent's office with jizz on her face and was upset. And so she's a crazy bitch. And they call back to this at the end of the film because this blood mechanism like shoots on her face and she's like, not on my face and and my hair. And it's like the same line from the jizz recreation scene, which keep fucking gross. It's fucking gross. Why is this in the movie? It's not funny. It doesn't, make your point it, it's counteracted to your point it's fucking gross yeah <laughs> you well, people are fucking gross and you've done <laughs> gross things to this actress <laughs> yeah and it doesn't help that the movie is just so aesthetically repugnant itself so everything is just kind of like uh and and then there's another layer to this because this is directed by mr andrew shearer i'm sure andrew you know, you're, n shearer <laughs> That's, I can't forget the middle initial. Wouldn't want to get him confused with another shitbag director. Uh, but Shearer is a uh, he's a self-professed feminist, and he has said he's publicly stated that his goal as a filmmaker is to quote offer a progressive, audacious image of women intended to serve as an alternative to standard Hollywood depictions. Uh, what about Fangs for Nothing fits that description, Myros? Uh, nothing, nothing. Um, I get, the sister character is, is totally fine. Again, I, I don't know why they resisted making her a lesbian. It, it made sense with the way the character was written early. Uh, and then of course we go back to the heteronormative nature of things. And, um, yeah, the wife is insufferable uh and like barefoot and pregnant throughout the movie and just like cursing <laughs> like a sailor and kind of a a nag a traditional nag if you will and oh yeah she's a total traditional nag who likes to call people cunts especially other women yeah she actually reminds she reminds me a little bit of peach from fireworms on sure, the previous sure, episode. Yeah. Except she doesn't have a, a, a sheriff following her around going, God damn it, Peach, you motherfucker! <laughs> I could have kind of used that. I, I could have used that. I maybe would have dealt with the character better if there was like, a whole town full of people behind her muttering about how she was a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> it would have been nice. Man, I miss fireworms. <laughs> Couldn't we watch fireworms? <laughs> Couldn't we watch fireworms? Bring back fireworms, please. Um, God. This, yeah, no, and the, of course, the the lead, I'm going to guess that's Mitsubishi, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, well, she, no, the, the girl who plays the, um, the actress, the soap opera actress, that's Mitsubishi. Right, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the, who I'd call the lead of the film is, um. It's hard yeah. to tell in this garbage film, but yeah, I guess she'd be the lead. Well, uh, she's on yeah. the cover, right? But yeah, she's certainly not portrayed in a flattering light she's just she has the audacity of self-respect <laughs> and uh again this whole movie i don't know what its intent is because it's like 
we're going to make this fucking again. It, it's like they set out to make uh, the fucking other shitty movie we watched. They were trying to make Blood Dynasty. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly it. To make Blood Dynasty. <laughs> this is the behind the scenes of Blood Dynasty. That's that's exactly what I was thinking. Like when I was watching these, I was just like, "Oh my god, these are so intertwined. Like this is perfect." Oh, and there's this amazing scene where the the soap actress is supposed to film herself in the shower and she accidentally blasts the, the white balance. So the whole frame is just white and abstract and I'm like, "This is like exactly a scene from Blood Dynasty." <laughs> Yeah, which also has no nudity. So there you go. Right. It's all linked together. Yeah. But this whole movie's like, we're going to make a, a TNA bloody lesbian vampire sex romp. And it's just like, it it could be PG if it weren't for all the unnecessarily coarse language. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And my God, I, I love the central idea here too because it's not just we want to make a movie we've always wanted to make a movie i'm gonna write a script like it's it, it doesn't even have that sincerity to it there's this whole other side to it where he's just like yeah you know the money we set aside for our child if you give me that money for our future baby thing then i'll double it by making this shitty movie what has that ever happened at what point is i'm gonna make a shitty shot on video horror movie uh, like oh that's a good investment go get invest that shit in a fucking mutual fund you idiot like why why is this and uh, follow up question with what they're trying to do why do you even need that money is it just is it just for the soap opera actors is that the only thing that costs anything in this film i don't know the casting process was very odd and, and nebulous as, as well cuz he had all these audition tapes and it's like the actress who dies is partying because she's overjoyed to be cast in this fucking movie that's shot in a living room on a high eight camera. My ass. <laughs> like, yeah. who would ever be excited about this? You'd just be like, oh, well, I guess No, that, if, if guess I walked onto Saturday. this set, <laughs> yeah, if I walked onto this set, even if I was getting paid, I would assume that someone was just going to rob me. Like, like literally, like at gunpoint. Like, oh, there's a Craigslist scam. Give me your cell phone. Like, that's what this feels like. Ah, uh, yeah, the audition tapes again. A lot of positive female portrayal in those. Like, one one woman's just like, I want to suck your dick. It's like, fuck. Why? Why is this movie happening? <laughs> and I love the idea that again, living room, high eight film. With a script that was banged out in like six hours, and then they just, <laughs> that is like they, five pages long. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that's the other part too. He's carrying around the script. I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> like I've I've got an instruction manual for my fucking blender that's longer than that. Like what? That's that's not a script unless it's unless that? it's the script for Blood Dynasty, in which case. It's about right. About exactly. On it's perfect. It makes perfect sense. They were making Blood Dynasty. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know if anyone's ever told Mr. Shearer that this is... Uh, generally, a page of a script is a minute of film time. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if he's going to bang out a feature with a five-page script. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and then at the end, he mentions, he's like, yeah, we don't have enough footage for a full-length movie. Like, there's just not enough usable stuff. It's like, well, damn, dude, if you shot 
everything in your script, you got a solid five minutes of, <laughs> of film. So there you go. The script was just like, rub your tits, baby. <laughs> and then the actress refused to do it. So, fuck. That was supposed to be like an hour of the movie. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's a big... Uh, Big conflict there when he's just like, um, it says here in the script that you rub your vagina sexually uh, and you don't want to do it. Yeah, dude, I don't want to fucking rub my vagina in your dirty kitchen. And in my head, uh, so uh, in my head when he said that, like the first thing I thought was, yeah, dude, I don't want to rub my vagina in your dirty ass kitchen because this kitchen is filthy. And then the actress actually says like, dude, your your kitchen is disgusting. Like, I don't want to like get sexy in here. It's gross. Hey, yeah, man. See? Bitches be crazy. Bitches be crazy. Hashtag Atlanta. I hate this movie. I hate this movie so much. So, so much. I, I hate... Yeah, this is a rough episode. I, I hate all of this. Such a, it's just a dull, numbing pain from this film. And I, I hate this guy, too. Like, this, the other guy, Mr. Alexander, I feel like, yeah, he's... He's got some stuff. I, I bet you I'd have a good conversation with him. Uh, he can write uh, uh, some great music. Mm-hmm. He's just—he's not a filmmaker, and that's all right. This guy, no. This is more of the yeah. same from that shit we watched last episode with the the outer space musical, where it's just like these fucking rockabilly assholes or something. This is more of that. Yeah, these are like and- sad. Burnout punk idiots who are like, let's make Gonzo cinema. It's like fucking. Well, yeah. and, and there's no, there's no sincerity here. There's, there's none of it. It's all just like, Haha, yeah, it's dumb, whatever. We don't care. Lesbian vampires. Like, there's, there's no, there's no love in these films. And if you, if you look at God, even reading the, the titles of his movies, they're all like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like I don't, wanna, I don't actually give a fuck. Yeah, I want to like set fire to his house after reading the titles. <laughs> I am totally on board with that. I mean, who doesn't want to see Dr. Humpenstein's Erotic Castle or uh, Bikini Gorilla or Space Boobs in Space? What about the erotic couch? Oh, (laughs) lovely. Or Socks and Violence. (laughs) uh, How about Pop Goes the Evil? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good, man. It's pretty good. Uh, I just and let us not forget this uh, another dubious uh, television series entitled uh, the, <laughs> "I Spit on Your Gravy." Oh God! <laughs> he should. God damn it! See, I think I would automatically just because a man involved with this created something called "I Spit on Your Fucking Gravy." Like, I can't. I can't, man. It just this this hurts me. I just. It hurts. Yeah, I would have thought we wouldn't have found a dumber resume than uh, our good friend who directed Revenge of the Animals, but this guy has him pegged. Yeah, he's it's got him good. And it's the same thing, too. There's just zero sincerity here at all. It's just, this guy's just a fucking asshole. Uh, yeah, yeah. So if we look, I don't know. Is there anything else that sticks out about this movie? Because I... No, Don't. these are both horrible. They're they're horrible, but in the in the worst way, where they're just they're so fucking boring and so devoid of anything. Like, I, I don't know. At, at least with uh, what's his face, uh, Mister Blood Dynasty, 
Chris Alexander. He was trying to do something. There's something going on there. But this is just, it's meandering nothingness. And there's no point. There's no heart. There's no vision. There's nothing. You know, you know what I have to say to Andrew and Shearer, Myros? Uh, I'll let you go with the punchline, but uh, I, I, I think I, I, we all know where you're headed. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying thanks for nothing, buddy. Your movie's trash. Uh, <laughs> it is, you know, I I was not sure where I was going to go when, when we started this, because like I said, uh, Blood Dynasty really got my blood boiling, and... Uh, in a way that this didn't, I guess. This movie was just like lukewarm water uh, slowly raising above my uh, nose to the point where I could no longer breathe and function. But um, <laughs> That's the back-of-the-box quote. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I will say one more thing about it. It also has that fucking jerk-off ending where they're like, well, we don't have enough. Uh, we don't have enough footage for the film, but we have this footage that we filmed uh, about making the film. And they're like, "But who would ever want to watch that?" Yeah, that part's pretty great. Love that. You know what? I- you win. <laughs> Fuck this movie. <laughs> Fuck it. The Fuck high hell. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one because fuck these assholes. Andrew Shearer, you're you're not a feminist. You're just a fucking dickhead, and you don't, you don't care about what you do. <laughs> I bet you, I, I bet he's good on Twitter. Maybe he's got some James Gunn shit going for him, where you just you look him up and he's just like, I diddle kids. Well, Why can't the alt right go after Andrew and Shearer and ruin his career? He's gonna get handed the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. <laughs> he just might. I'm looking him up on Twitter right now. I want to see if he's got any hot content. He's he's like in his 40s, though, so I don't know if he's, like, you know, active. I don't know. I wonder. I, oh, I, I found him. I he's doing some, some, like, real white knighting or something. Oh, no, dude. Cinema Andrew is very online, let me tell you. Uh, oh, boy. He's, uh, he's six-time employee of the month of Blockbuster in the mid-90s. Yep, that tracks. And uh, Wait, Where the fuck are you listing this? <laughs> on your on Twitter, Twitter profile? <laughs> what are you insane? Uh, <laughs> he's, got, he's got a film column and a podcast at Online Athens. Uh, I guess he's an Athens, Georgia resident. So uh, maybe, maybe we should listen to his podcast. Should we tweet this at him, you think? He's got more followers than us, that's for sure. Well, I'd imagine so. Who doesn't? Do you, you know it's you know it's interesting. It seems like his podcast focuses on uh, cult cinema as well, and it looks like the latest episode is on Night of the Lepus, which is a shitty movie about killer bunny rabbits. Uh, yes. Do you think it's weird, like trying to talk shit about a horrible nineteen seventies horror movie about murderous bunny rabbits? But in the back of your head, you're like, "Fuck, this is a million times better than anything I've ever made." Well, maybe he's not talking shit about it. Maybe he just loves it. He just he, he loves Nihilipus. I mean, that's maybe he just has then, a much more positive podcast than we do. I would I would bet that's the case. <laughs> oh God, God, God! I I just can't with this guy. I can't. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna tweet an Andrew Shear. So here's our episode, and uh, I don't know. 
we'll we'll see how that goes for us. But anyways, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and vote for Fangs for nothing as well. So yeah. that's it. We didn't uh, go Point through cuff. our rules or anything, but you know. Figure it out for previous episodes. I don't have the energy after watching these two movies. Yeah, I don't have the energy. I felt like I almost broke the rules because one of our rules was uh, no found footage or whatever. And then I started watching this. I'm like, fuck, is this found footage? It's like, no, it's just incompetent and ugly. It's different. <laughs> I guess maybe you could make the argument, but fuck. Yeah, it's not really worth it. No. <laughs> uh, How about a new rule? No more of whatever the fuck this is. No, nothing. Nothing that describes itself as Gonzo-rific or made in Georgia. <laughs> nothing from Georgia. We're gonna have a Georgia ban pretty quick here. It's like three God. strikes, you're out, Georgia. <laughs> Just the entire state, <laughs> fucking banned. You're done. You're done. All right. Well, Myros, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can't. You can't. You can't find the guy. You can't find him anywhere. But you can find more of his stuff at optimismvaccine.com. Home of the Optimism Vaccine Podcast Network, which includes the OpVac cast about all the weird and wonderful new films, music, TV that's out there, and basically whatever the hell we feel like talking about. You can also find this podcast that you're listening to right now, Caustic Content. We've got a bunch more episodes. Uh, some of the movies we've watched have been much, much worse, um, but none have been as just like dull and infuriating as what we've watched this week. Uh, we've also got a great James Bond podcast called For Your Ears Only. You can listen to that. We've got all, more stuff. There's all kinds of stuff. There's some for everyone. Trust me. Have I ever lied to you? No. Also, make sure you take a look at your phone right now. I know you're listening to this on your phone, unless you're some weirdo who sits at it like a desktop computer listening to podcasts. Look at the description of this very podcast that you are listening to. In that description, you will find a link to our iTunes page. Please go there. Please give us five stars. Please give us a written review. That helps us basically uh, become more visible. The more visible we are, then the more people listen, the more people listen, the more content we can create for you, which is a good thing. If you want to tweet at me, death threats, marriage proposals, if Andrew N. Shearer wants to explain why his career is of merit, uh, at Steve Cuff, that's at Steve, C-U-F-F, or you can tweet at Optimism Vaccine, and if you want to send uh, emails, optimismvaccine at gmail.com. And that's about it. Yay. Well, wait. We got to tease the next episode. Oh, we do. We do. So, if you are following along, I'm first of all, sorry about this week. Sorry. <laughs> it's kind of a dick move. Yeah. Uh, but hey, next week, Myros, what movie will you be making me watch? Uh, we are going with another, uh, vague theme this episode, uh, where we both notice we have a couple movies that are a little higher budget than we normally traffic in, so we figure we'd pit them head to head, and yeah. thus I bring to the table a little something called Helitosis, colon, The Legend of Stank Mouth. Exciting, man. Is this gonna be like some 4K, like, Avatar shit? Uh, I get the sense this is going to be like the human centipede, except worse. Oh, fun! <laughs> and I, I've I'm kind of I'm going on on a limb here because if there's one thing you need to know about Adam Myros, it's his passion for Slipknot and all things new metal. And I have found a new metal horror film that seems to have been shot for more than five dollars, and it is called Tempest Tormentum. Which might is that is that a Slipknot album? Is that a thing? That could it be. It could be. 
Like if, if I told you, if I told you right now, hey, Myros, have you listened to the new Slipknot album, Tempest Tormentum? Would you question that sentence for even a second? Well, I would wonder why you're asking me that, but as for the, the, <laughs> the validity of the album. fucking love it. <laughs> no, I, I could buy that. Yeah, it's buy. it's totally passable. So, uh, Tempest so, Tormentum, what it's is, got... This looks like a Saw ripoff, right? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of looks like Saw and The Purge, and it's got clown masks, and I, th- I think it's like, is it black and white or something? I oh, don't know. Jesus, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Artsy fartsy new metal! Ugh, I'm excited. Really excited for that. So yeah, Tempest Tormentum and The Legend of Stankmouth, both are available to stream on Amazon, so yeah, take advantage of your Prime uh, <laughs> service there, I guess. It's the thing you can do. Well, and we'll be back. It. Yeah, you paid for it. <laughs> now you're really going to pay for it. <laughs> Fucking kill me. All right, we'll see you next week. <laughs>